Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday, it's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special Shield Kapadia with ace producer Cliff Augustine and Ben Solak, who looks like he's on a high. He's got his Eagles hoodie on. He's ready for the 2023 season to start right now because he knows he's got a cornerback he can rely on. Eagles bring back James Bradbury. Eagles sign Rashad Penny. Benjamin, we've got Eagles free agency news to talk about here on day two. You look like you're feeling good. Absolutely. I, uh, I'm very curious to see if the Bradbury deal means that they couldn't get it done with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. But man, if, you're telling, if you had told me two weeks ago they walk out of free agency with Kelsey, Graham, Bradbury, and Chauncey, that's about as good as I think you could have hoped for. And there's one more domino to fall there, and we know they've been working really hard on the Chauncey contract. So right now they seem really nicely positioned. And then the one... Outside free agent, they brought him to this point as well. Seattle running back Rashad Penny signs with the Eagles. We don't have details on the contract just yet, but we talked a lot. I remember the trade deadline last year about them bringing in a big back, and that's Penny. They've done, I think, a, a great job with limited resources to this point. Yeah, I sort of feel like bringing back Bringing back Bradbury, that it's not easy to say, uh, probably means that Gardner Johnson is not going to be back, but never say never. Me, you know, we don't know what kind of deal he's going to end up uh, settling for. He obviously hasn't gotten the deal he's looking for quite yet, or he would have signed it. So uh, listen, the big news is James Bradbury. I did not think he was going to be back with the Eagles, given his age, given that you're paying for his age 30 and age 31 seasons. But they decide, you know what? We have a chance to win the Super Bowl next year. This guy was fantastic for us last year. He gets three years, 
$38 million per Adam Schefter with $20 million guaranteed. This is why you listen to the Ringers Philly special. You know uh, the projection was three years, $39 million on the podcast last week when we went through every free agent. So uh, if you've listened to the show all season, I think we're both just huge fans of James Bradbury. I mean, he's just a pro. He's reliable. He's technically sound. He can play man. He can play zone. He doesn't have a big weakness uh, to his game. He got tested on double moves every single week when we did the film review. It showed up every week that somebody's testing him on a double move. And the only big play I remember him giving up uh, was against the Saints there uh, late in the season. Other than that, the guy just did not give up explosive plays. One of my favorite plays of the season was against the Jaguars. That red zone interception he had where Trevor Lawrence is going, wait, no, how did you get to that ball uh, on the left sideline? You were not supposed to be there. He knew what was coming. He read it. A very smart player. So uh, the end of the day, These signings come down to, if you are Howie Roseman, would you have done this deal or would you have not done this deal? I would have done this deal if I were Howie Roseman, and I think a lot of Eagles fans feel really good about this one. So where do you you land on it? You you seem to be in the same boat as me, I think. Yeah, I think that, right, Bradbury's a three-year, $38 million, says $20 million fully guaranteed with another $6 million incentives, total package is $44 million. So it sounds like there's a little bit of like playing time and health and performance baked into that, which is good. It's worth remembering, like all pro, maybe. Yeah, Bradbury like that. just played an incredible season in 2022. The year before that, in 2021, he was not good. He had issues. He was jumping there. They like the whole like checking him on biting routes. Like he was guessing. He was he was not producing on the ball. The year previous, in 2020. He was great, and that's why he got a big contract from the Giants. The, the reason I bring this up is to say that corner play is volatile, right? It, it is hard to be a perennially productive cornerback. You don't see that a lot. And Bradbury's now on the wrong side of 30, right? And so I'm really interested to see structure, but all together with, like, the big numbers, yeah, this is a deal I would have signed, uh, especially with if you're not bringing Chauncey back, then I think that you needed to secure a, a piece in the secondary such that you feel good enough at outside corner that you can go for safety early in the draft and not have to feel as much pressure to deal with the corner position. I still think they should probably look at it early in the draft, but now you don't have three holes in the secondary. If you lose Chauncey, Marcus Epps, and Bradbury, you only have two. And that just that it makes you worry a little bit less, takes a little bit of the stress off of you handling that particular group. Uh, so good, good signing. If Bradbury gives them the level of play they got in 2022, it's a steal. Like they, they, he's, he's outside of the top 15 in terms of quarterback average annual value that's that's a steal i don't think you're going to get that caliber of play for three straight years you probably get something a little bit less than that but even then uh, i think that for a, a corner two it's good value for a high quality player you would struggle to find a better corner two elsewhere in the league so so long as slay and bradbury keep it rolling it's it, it's a great spot and the last point there is let's say slay goes down Bradbury's been a corner one before. He's worked against wide receiver ones. He has the capacity to do so. Uh, you have a really nice, experienced backup for your premier corner, for the guy who's, who's you know nominally your corner one. Eagles are in a really good spot in that regard. Yeah, Cliff asks a good question. Does Bradbury's play rely on Slay being that that corner one and coming back? I don't think so. I mean, they didn't really play. You know, it's not like Slay was matching up with the best wide receiver uh, every week. I mean, they were mostly playing sides uh, for most of the season. So I think Bradbury's play was as good as Slay's play uh, last year. 34 passes defended over the past two seasons. That's tied for second league-wide behind only Trayvon Diggs. Uh, but I think what you said is important. There is some da- there is some risk and downside here. There's 
no doubt about it. I mean, the reason we thought he was gone was because he's 30, turns 30 in August. And so again, you're paying for his age 30 and age 31 seasons if we assume that this is going to be a two-year commitment. So uh, there's going to be some some risk there. You know, this is one of those where uh, there is a chance that like we're in the middle of late next season, or maybe it's the season after that, and his play is declining. And we say, man, yeah, we, we all felt good about that signing in the moment, but we should have known that he's an older player. He's an older yeah. corner. He doesn't have great athletic gifts. And now all of a sudden he is getting cooked a little bit. Like that's possible that that could happen. But still at the end of the day, uh, I am making this move if I were the Eagle. So just looking at the corner market, Jamel Dean of the Bucks got $13 million uh, per year. Cam Sutton got him $11 million per year from the Lions. One thing I've noticed the last two years is that when a corner actually gets to the market in free agency, they usually don't break the bank. Like the guys who break the bank, their teams are like, yes, we will pay you as the top paid corner in the NFL. Once they the teams are at peace with go ahead and test the market, we saw it last year with guys like Carlton Davis and JC Jackson. Uh, all of a sudden, they're maybe Charvarius Ward also. They're not making kind of the huge monster contracts that we see. So uh, I think it's a reasonable deal price-wise. It's a premium position. You have a chance to win the Super Bowl. You have a lot of turnover on defense, as you alluded to. The other thing, Ben, I I didn't notice this until I was looking up his pro football reference page, has missed a total of two games in the last six seasons. So yeah. Listen, injuries injuries can be fluky. You never know. He could get injured in OTAs, in training camp, uh, whatever. But, uh, you know, he, he doesn't have a history of injuries. He's been a very, very durable player. All right. This leads us to, is Darius Slay still going to be on this football team in, uh, in week one of 2023? Todd Archer of ESPN, I don't know if you saw this report, Ben, yeah. reports that the Eagles called the Cowboys to check on uh, the possibility of trading for Darius Slay before the Cowboys traded for Stefan Gilmore. Do you have a feel? Do you have a sense of whether Slay is going to be joining Bradbury at cornerback in week one or whether this move might make a Slay trade more likely than we thought previously? So uh, Todd Archer actually tweeted a clarification on that and said there was a discussion about the Cowboys' potential interest in Darius Slay. Once the Eagles gave him permission to sign a, to seek a trade, Eagles did not make the call to Dallas because the suggestion of the mm, Eagles sounds calling... Sounds like Howie might have been a little upset there. Yeah, the, <laughs> because the suggestion of the Eagles calling division rival Cowboys and being like, hey, do you want Darius Slay? Is a little bit like, ah, oh, whoa, that's a, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a little something. Uh, Slay, it's worth noting, quote tweeted this and said, yeah, I don't think they're trading me in the division. Uh, so Slay also very much online is is also weighing in <laughs> on the potential of him going to the Cowboys. Um, I don't think we're... Uh, I, 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 last we spoke, last podcast was what, yesterday? I can't get my day straight. We were, yeah, pod yesterday. Um, yeah. I didn't think Darius Slay was going to be traded. I still don't think Darius Slay is going to be traded. I don't think Bradbury extension makes a Slay trade more likely. I do think it puts a little bit more pressure on the Eagles to change Slay's numbers such that his contract is bigger than Bradbury's because he's corner one and Bradbury's corner two, which is fair. Um, but I still don't think the Eagles are in a position where they're going to they're gonna trade Slay. If they do, I think it'd have to be a, a pretty healthy package because, again, now you're in a spot where you need to get starting corner and presumably you need to get starting safety as well. Uh, it, it's it's too da- it's worrisome to damage the secondary that much. Uh, so to me, I think I still think Slay is an eagle. 
there, there is no healthy package. I mean, Jalen Ramsey got a three and Darius Slay's 32 years old. I mean, really yeah. what is, and he wants more money. Like, I mean, I, 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 I think you're, it's, it would be like a day three pick you would be getting. And I'm with you at that point. What is the point of making that move? So uh, we will see. Uh, this is a weird clarification. Clar- the, the exact tweet is clarification. There was a discussion about the Cowboys' potential interest in Darius Slay. Once the Eagles gave him permission to seek a trade, Eagles did not make the call to Dallas. I don't know. I don't know if that's a how he sees the tweet, how he says, yo, Schefter, get your, you know, you get your colleague in line here. I did, you know, we, we can't be having that out there. It wouldn't shock me if how he's calling every, I mean, he, his job is to talk to every GM in the NFL about deals. And uh, it wouldn't shock me at all if they just, you know, mentioned him. I don't know that they would hesitate to trade him in the division. Maybe they would. I generally think that kind of thing is overrated. You just kind of make the move that's best for your team. So we'll see. We'll see if any Anything happens with Slay. The other thing is the draft plays a role in this. You mentioned it. Uh, I don't think this, you know, really pushes them out of drafting a cornerback in the first round. I mean, you have two guys who are over 30. As we just mentioned, you need to get younger at that spot. Uh, it's a premium position. If you see a cornerback that you like in the first round, you can absolutely go ahead and make that move. And by the way, if you do do that, then maybe in July or August, trading Slay becomes more of a possibility than it seems like now. If you have a guy, you drafted him, he's playing really well, and you say, all right, now we can consider more uh, making a move. Maybe another team has a corner that goes down in training camp, kind of like when the Eagles traded for Ronald Darby during the Super Bowl year. You know, those moves uh, do get made. I can't remember what month they traded. uh, They acquired Darius Slay, but uh, we know those corners will get moved. So I I still still think corner is a real possibility uh, early in the draft, first round second round you agree okay and it's a good corner group as you've said right you like this corner group Mm. a lot okay throw 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 on some devon witherspoon from illinois tape tonight shield let me know he seems to be the guy who everybody i respect their opinions everybody likes him so i think i'm gonna like him he's Uh, just he's just a hilariously fun watch he loves to play corner okay he loves to play corner he loves to cause problems he loves to shove receivers into the sideline he's just a little scrappy son of a gun i love him to death that sounds like my kind of guy exactly your your short description there i'm like i'm in i'm in on him so uh we will of course get to a lot of draft talk probably as early as next week ben if this comes down uh a little bit all right that's bradbury this episode is brought to you by anytime fitness We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, 
all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Move number two, Rashad Penny. From the Seahawks. Ben was very excited about this one. He's clapping right now. Uh, why don't you? I, I'm going to have to pour some cold water on this uh, eventually. So, first, you give the listen, hey, listen. this is awesome, Rashad Penny take. It's March, okay? Everybody's healthy in March. I Nobody's hurt in the spring. No, injuries are turned off, Ben. Don't worry about it. Rashad Penny who in five seasons with the Seahawks has been available for 14, 10, 3, 10, and 5 games, which for those of you playing at home, none of those numbers were 16 and or 17, i.e. the full season, uh, was a first-round pick at running back. When healthy, is a tremendous runner. I mean, this is, this is 220 pounds moving at high speeds, right? This is a big physical back who was able to break tackles uh, between the tackles, pick up dirty yardage, turn a three-yard gain to a five-yard gain. He gets downhill. He follows his blocks much better than Miles Sanders ever did. But critically, like he can get to the boundary with speed, win along the outside, and then break angles in the third level. It's kind of like that A.J. Brown thing where like A.J. Brown starts to get moving. You're like, how's something that big moving that fast? Rashad Penny has that same sensation. Um, doesn't bring much as a pass catcher. Uh, not a big part of his game. I will... I will I will say he's not like the greatest pass protector and Seattle had a lot of third down backs that they would use, right? DJ Dallas, Travis Homer, such that he wasn't always used in protection. He does have a frame and, and, and reps of him playing quality in pass protection. I do think he's probably a better pass protection option than any of the backs the Eagles had previously. He's certainly a better true runner ball in belly runner than Miles Sanders was. And Kenny Gainwell is like, he's, he's great. So for the six games, he's healthy for the Eagles. He's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. I mean, it, I, he is he is an absolute, unquestioned, added dimension to the running game. He is a greater threat when the ball's in his belly than Sanders ever was. And so, like, that is awesome. The This entire signing rests on health. If Penny goes down in week two, then the Eagles are Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott, who they extended this week, uh, today, excuse me, one year, two million. That's not where you want to be. If he's healthy for 14 games, he's going to lead the league in rushing. And then it's somewhere in between. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just kind of a matter of how, for how many games is he available. And so big, big one for the Eagles training staff this year. It's keeping Rashad Penny upright because, man, he's, he's fun when he runs the football back in Seattle. Behind this Eagles line and this Eagles offense. Woo! I'm excited. He really is a fun player. Like, I mean, if, you, can, if you just get. You, were like you, you covering said, Seattle I, when they drafted him? No, no, no. I, I was back, uh, yeah, 2018. I, yeah, I was right, back you're back at Eagles. The, pre- yeah, the yeah. previous year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if like when he's at his best, like you said, he, he is a better running back than they had on the roster last year for sure. It's almost like, you know what it is? It's like you kind of just want him healthy at the right time. You know, like he can have a six-week injury October, November. You kind of want him back for that end of the season playoff run everything can i give you a couple wild numbers as i was doing my rashad penny research and everything with penny is kind of a small uh sample he's had 337 career rushing attempts so the last two years benjamin there have been 50 okay yeah i won't i won't mention that last two years there have been 56 running backs with at least 150 carries rashad penny among those 56 ranks first in yards per carry at 6.2 and first in yards after contact 
per rush at 4.43. So yeah, it's like you said, shoot, this old line, Jalen Hurts running out of shotgun. By the way, he has run out of shotgun. I think uh, 150 of those 337 carries are out of shotgun and he's averaging like 5.8 yards per carry. So he can do both those things. It's, you know, you don't have to worry about scheme fit, but now you have kind of a creator where, yeah, all right, he gets those six yards where the play was blocked up, but now he's picking up more yards and breaking tackles. Uh, That's what's exciting about this. And then this one's wild. Ready for this one? Since 2000, There have been 247 running backs with at least 300 career carries. Among that group, 247, Rashad Penny ranks first in yards per carry at 5.7 yards per carry. Yes, sir. Since 2000, and he ranks third in yards after contact among that group. Uh, So this is a home run swing. I mean... He's gone on a tear. He went on a tear. If, you know, if you're a, a listener and you're like, what do I want to watch? You want to watch the last five games of the 2021 season where he was the best running back in football to the point where even though he had been with the Seahawks and they knew he couldn't stay healthy, they're like, we still have to give him like $5.7 million on a one-year deal because the upside is so immense with this guy. And then he still got yeah. injured there. Rushing yards over expectations since 2021 fourth in terms of gross first in terms of per carry first in terms of rush expected points added per carry yeah. i mean every metric is just this silly is it's it's uh, it's like it's like a heat check in the world of like injury luck <laughs> like the eagles had such incredible injury luck this season and then they're like you know what let's sign rashad, rashad penny and let's let's see just how far we can we can push this envelope because really like that's that's what it is it's like if you are able to get a majority season from Rashad Penny, or you're able to get him for like a playoff run and he's healthy for that, he's absolutely impactful to the team. He matters in a very big way. Uh, it's just, it, it's it, we're going to know whether or not, like this to me is a good signing as it is right now. Like he, he adds something to the running game. We'll know if this really is a good move and how good of a move it is throughout the course of the season when we see how often Rashad Penny pay, plays and how healthy he is when he plays. Um, I don't think this should preclude the Eagles from looking at like, you know, bring a day three running back in and kind of see what happens with with that guy. But with the Boston Scott extension, they now have three running backs under contract. Penny and Scott are both one-year deals. Scott's $2 million. I don't think it's like, you know, they're pot committed, but they do have three backs under contract. So if they want to completely eschew running back in the draft, they can. And justifiably so, because they have those three backs. So we'll see what they do. It's a very interesting like roster construction move, honestly. Like I'm curious to hear how Harry Roseman explains it because you could make the case that they could have gone with somebody who just you're, you're they're more likely to be on the field for you and be a part of your football team in 2023 than Rashad Penny. Whereas instead, they're going for the home run. Like the variance here is monstrous. He could play two games, or as you said, legitimately. If he's healthy, if you told me Rashad Penny is healthy for the whole year, I would take him in terms of leading the NFL in rushing yards as much as probably any other back in the NFL because he's going to be in a great position and what we've seen. So it's a very boomer bust move. Now, the bust might not be that big because you don't know what you're paying him. If you're not paying him as we record this, if you're not paying him a lot of money, then that risk is not, it's not like a huge risk. It's like, all right, you took a shot and you know, you lost a little bit of money, but it's okay. I am interested in what you said about 
do they still draft someone? Do you still add someone? Because like you want to set that floor. Like you really should be going into the season assuming Rashad Penny's going to get injured and you're not going to have him for a big stretch of time, whatever period that is. And so are you comfortable with Gainwell, Boston Scott, like being your your two leading rushers for those games? Or do you feel like you need someone else? Or the other thing is maybe you feel like we'll be able to find somebody. If Rashad Penn in week six goes down with the season ending injury. All right. You can still find another running back out there who can help you. So uh, I am, it does lead to a lot of questions about like, all right, now you have this player with the huge upside, huge injury history. How do you hedge on that a little bit and make sure you're not, because I don't think you want to go with like a playoff run with Gainwell, Boston Scott, and like a day three pick who you don't really like. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. to me feels a little, but I, I could be wrong. They might be like, hey, we thought Gainwell was ready for a bigger role. And if that's what it comes to, then that's what it comes to. So we'll, we'll see uh, what they do there. But it's you, definitely, you, so I you think, think, yeah, go ahead. I, yeah, I think it's, they, they run, roll into the season with these three and they kind of keep tabs on the veteran market. And, and like, you know, like Melvin Gordon was available at some point this season, right? Like Leonard Fournette was dropped right. by the, the Jaguar, the Bucks. Nobody's picked him up. There's like always just like a bunch of names. Uh, and so I think that they feel like if their backs put against the wall at the running back position, they can find a guy and snag him and they can make him average with their run blocking. And that's, that's fine. Like, that's true. That's absolutely good. It'll just be disappointing because I want to watch Rashad Penny. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. This is good for us. Let's get at least a couple games where we can watch Rashad Penny uh, on yes. film because that's going to be because uh, because that will be a lot of fun. I'm not sure this is the route I would have gone. Just speaking like candidly, I probably would have been a little safer uh, with this move. But uh, hey, sometimes you swing for the fences and you see. Yeah, somebody uh, somebody asked me. I don't remember who it was on Twitter. Hit me up if it was. But somebody asked me like, "Hey, Rashad Penny, do the Eagles make sense?" And I didn't respond to it because I was like, I don't think. Like there's there's no reason for them to do that. They're just gonna like grab Damian Harris and like whatever. Then they sign him, and I yeah. was like, okay, I'm all the way in. Here we go. Rashad Penny's gonna be healthy, man. You get swept up in it right away. It it does seem a little out of character. I mean, it, to go over just the injury history real quick, Ben, you can cover your ears if you want to. Uh, has appeared in 42 games in five seasons. Like he has missed a lot of time. He he has uh, he was limited to five games last year with a broken fibula. If you look at it. Uh, he's only had one stretch in his career, Ben, where he's had five straight games with at least 10 carries. One stretch, 18, 19, in five years, where he's had five straight games with at least 10 carries. He's only had one season where he's had 100 carries in a season. So this is like legit. This isn't like a little bit here and there. This is like a legit big-time injury history. But like I said, it's fun for us. It's fun for content. They're still, I think they really just are going to ride Kenny quite a bit. Like, I think they feel comfortable going like, you know, 1A, 1B. And I'm not sure Penny is the 1A. They might still feel like Gainwell's the 1A. Like, they really tried to make Kenny a thing last year. And then by the end of the season, he was picking up. So, if I'm reading into their willingness to commit to a guy that's, you know, not necessarily the most consistent dude week in and week out in terms of availability... I'm inferring that they still feel really confident with Kenny. And I don't mind that. It's maybe a little too big for my britches, but I don't mind it. There we go. All right. So we will see. I mean, it's a position where you can find guys. So as long as they're doing their scouting and have a plan B, uh, that's the most important thing here. All right. Let's look ahead, Ben. Maybe what we'll be, we'll be talking about on our next podcast Chauncey Gardner, I got I got my top 20 free agents here. Three guys are still available. Orlando Brown, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, 
and Odell Beckham Jr. Those are the only three guys. So Gardner Johnson still, as we record this at 7.35 Tuesday evening, has not found a deal to his liking. So that is worth uh, keeping an eye on. And also, obviously, what the Eagles are going to do at safety. It's been kind of slow. It's been sort of up and down. You still have Jordan Poyer. You still have Taylor Rapp. You still have Juan Thornhill. You still have Julian Love. Adrian Amos, and I think I don't think the Browns have officially released John Johnson, but he's another guy to keep an eye on. So there are guys out there. So so we'll see. Maybe once Gardner Johnson can be signed somewhere else, Eagles will take a look at one of those other guys and address safety. Defensive tackle is the other one. Fletcher Cox, still a free agent, has not found a home, and there have been some big contracts handed out. To defensive tackles. Big, big, big. Even to guys who were not in my top 100. So you still have guys out there. Matt Ioannidis, Puna Ford, Sheldon Rankins, Ashawn Robinson, Greg Gaines, Morgan Fox. What do you think about a Calais Campbell? Would you be oh, for yeah, giving him that. a one-year deal? Yeah, uh, He's a nice fit as that like that big end we talked about, right? That guy who plays in the inside shoulder of the tackle. I will say Calais, love him. Impressive, physical specimen, great career. Getting up there. You can see it. You can see yeah. it how he plays, and, and and he wouldn't have to play a ton of snaps. So you you do the thing with Calais, you did with Sue, and you do with Linval. I don't mind it. Um, if it's between him and like Puna Ford for that role, I'm probably still preferring Puna. Um, but I'd enjoy the big name, and that'd be very Howie-ish. Be like, yeah, this Divas line was really good in 2015. Here we go. Doesn't count against the comp pick formula because he got uh, released yeah, by yeah, yeah. the Ravens. But yes, 36. Years old, actually, he'll be 37 on September 1st. So uh, he is really getting up there. But five and a half sacks, and uh, oh, only no, yeah, 14 QB hits last year. So still a productive player. Started 14 games for the Ravens, like an all-time locker room guy from everything I've heard. Just like yeah, the exact the veteran man. you would want for a Super Bowl run. The man, a nice guy, by the way, To if you're saying, hey, someone to kind of groom Jordan Davis and, and just, hey, Jordan Davis, go hang out with Calais Campbell uh, on your off days every Ooh. week would be a good good guy for that. Something happened? Rap just tweeted out the uh, contract detail information for Rashad Penny. Okay. What One year. I, so I'm actually, this is from... Um, Thomas Peterson is like an Eagles guy. He said it's per rap sheet. I don't see the tweet on rap sheet's timeline. Maybe he said it on on um, on a, a broadcast or something, but I can't find the tweet. But from what Thomas aggregated, one-year deal worth max $2.1 million with 600 k guaranteed. Oh, this ain't I nothing. I was going to say 2.5. They, they, okay. they paid, they paid yeah, in Boston Scott. It's a flyer. Yeah. This, this is absolutely... That's this, interesting. Yeah, this is a, 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 a half-court heave. I don't mind it at all. So that, wow, he goes, so the NFL is crazy, man. He goes from 5.75 to, uh, to 600 guaranteed here with, uh, with Rashad Penny, assuming that, that, uh, that report is correct. So yeah, flyer worth taking. And that, that speaks even more to, Hey, they could still make another move here, uh, at running back in the draft or later in the summer for a running back. All right, so that is defensive tackle. We'll see if they do anything there. And then the last thing, Ben, the linebackers have 
flown off the board. Like you're talking yeah. about a position where everybody's gotten signed. That's linebacker. Guys left on my list in the top 100. There's only three. And there were a lot more than three when the day started. Kaiser White, we should say, signs with the Cardinals on a reported two-year, uh, I think, max $11 million. Max 11, uh, yeah. yeah I, think, I, I think it'll probably be le- a little less than that. So maybe, let's assume, it's probably around uh, $4 million a year. He goes with Jonathan Gannon there. So you got Levante David. You got Bobby Wagner, and I think Drew Tranquil from the Chargers. Those are the only three guys left from my top 100. Uh, Cliff was getting before, I think, the uh, hey, Cl- Cliff, you want to jump on here uh, for a second? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, What's up? Yeah, I think before the Bradbury signing, you were having some angst about the Eagles linebacker situation, it sounded like. Oh, my God. If, like you said, <laughs> if Dean has to come in and be a guy day one next year, I'm not a believer. Obviously, you guys don't like Kaiser White. You said Ben relentlessly said he was attacked by other teams all year. Like, <laughs> not my fault. Ben relentlessly. They relentlessly. You know, what the, you know what the solution is here, right? What's that? You just call him. You call my boy Sean Bradley. Get him off the special teams. Mm, some reals, NFL snaps. Okay. Get my Temple got some That'd run. Yo, we could have a Temple. We could have a Temple linebacking core. Reddick, Bradley. Like, doesn't that sound great? We should have signed Ionitis. Three in the front seven. Yeah. yeah, I like it. You already got the coach, right? They got the Temple coach. Yeah, yeah the yeah, Temple DC's not, linebackers coach, right? Yeah. Um, As well. But but in all seriousness, though, we do got to address that. And I feel like the Eagles haven't really been like a linebacker team because the Singletons of the world, the Mark Seminoles of the world, the God, I don't even Nate what Gary. Else? <laughs> yeah, like Nate Gary. Like it's a long list. Turn, yeah. Like, we should yeah, like I would just love to see somebody that just come in here and like really hit people, but I guess the league really isn't going towards that direction anymore, but we'll see. I wish they kept Jordan Hicks, man. Hicks was my guy. Yeah. Yeah. I I was, I wasn't a big Hicks guy. He was okay. Bad take. That that was smart to let Hicks walk with his injury history, although since then has stayed very healthy. So perfectly available. Another great mentor. Yeah. Meanwhile, like massive Nigel Bradham deal. Those were the days, man. Coming off of the Super Bowl. Listen, Brown got like a five-year contract. Listen, that Nigel Bradham game was it Thursday night against Carolina? Of yeah, the Super yeah, Bowl yeah. Season? yeah, yeah. That's the like pick. the best game an Eagles linebacker has played <laughs> in in like the last twenty Trotter years. Vibes, man. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he was incredible in that game. It's, so we'll uh, see. You you had a tweet about Levante David. You you think they should take a look at Levante David? It, when you bring up those guys in the top 100, to me, it's just if, if they can get Levante in to like be a mentor to Dean and like, you know, be a good coach on the field, like he's still got some legs left. I think that's fine. To me, Bobby Wagner's got no legs left, and Drew Tranquil was an issue for the Chargers all year. Uh, so to me, if it's not Levante, then they're in a spot where like I don't even know who they're bringing in. Aziz El Shayer got signed today to the uh, to the Titans to replace David Long, who went to Miami. Like every linebacker's gone. And if they're in a point where they're forced to draft into this class, I mean, it's a bad class. Like, Drew Sanders at Arkansas is a guy that I would take at 10, but after that, I mean, it's ugly stuff. Uh, And so they, like, problem one right now is Chauncey. Once I handle Chauncey's situation, bring him in or not bring him in, whatever ends up happening, my my item two on my checklist is trying to get somebody who can just at least keep a seat warm for a year at linebacker so I'm not in a dire straits by draft time. The middle of that defense, I mean... Yeah, the spine. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of tough right now. You're not sure what you're getting at defensive tackle, which, as we've talked about, will make the linebackers' jobs harder. And by the way, you don't know who's playing free safety right now either. So they still got work to do. But, Brett, listen, you start with two very good corners and two good edge rushers. That get, you know, as I've said, coaches have to do their job too. You're not going to have an all pro at every position. You have to figure some things out. Levante David, real quick. 33 years old, uh, but started all 17 games last year, finished with 124 tackles, has long been a very good coverage linebacker. I think he's going to get something like a one year between eight and $10 million uh, for one year. So you could add the void years and make that more cap friendly uh, if you want to. So we'll see if he's someone they, they look at or not. Again, as I mentioned yesterday, I tend to think they're just going to chill, see what happens in the draft and go oh. from there. Maybe, maybe they, I mean, I think they're going to sign someone before the draft, but I think it's going to be someone where you're like, oh gosh, you really hope this guy is at the oh, starting linebacker right. in week one. By the time we get guys. to next pod, I will have the name of who that linebacker is that will put gray yeah. hairs on my head. Yeah, because I have this spreadsheet and I've it goes like 18 deep on linebackers uh, who were available and only three are left. And so you got to go below that to find out who else might be available little, and who uh, they might sign. Quan Alexander <laughs> from the Jets. That one feels good, right? Ooh, Corey Littleton from the Panthers. They'd love a Corey Littleton. Length, speed, no idea where the football I is. I could see that. Mm, perfect, perfect for the Eagles, Corey Littleton. With the Rams at one point in time, was a very was a good player, then got a contract and was terrible with the Raiders. But it could be someone like that. It could be a trade. Maybe, maybe there's somebody who's buried on a depth chart who you liked at one point in time and you're able to give up a day three pick or maybe someone on your roster who you're not using. I don't know who that guy is. Maybe we'll look into that if they still don't have a linebacker like you said, uh, in a while, we will look into that. All right. Anything we missed, Benjamin? Any other Eagles, stray Eagles thoughts that you need to get off your chest? AJ Brown's tweeting a storm about fruit. Someone wanted me yeah, to ask you he's about. Got, he's got solid vegetable rankings, better than I expected. He then tweeted out okay. that when he's sick, he just eats fruits, vegetables, and other high-vibration foods. Do we know what that means? High? No, I don't know. Yeah, high-vibration high food. So... That's nice. Okay. Okay. High bar- yeah. I, I don't know what what were he had something about a pineapple. No, he had something about mangoes, which someone tweeted well, at me because I'm a mango lover. Obviously. Oh, dude. Love a, a, a mango is incredible. Mangoes elite. Um, we start. Uh, so he started with grapefruit greater than oranges, which is correct. Watermelon is trash. He doesn't even have a taste for real. Again, correct. <laughs> Pineapples are okay. Strawberries are mid. LOL. Both of those are wrong. Sadly. Grapes are my fave besides blackberries. Nah. Favorite? I like grapes. I love grapes. grapes. I, I don't like blackberries. But the problem with blackberries is the seeds that get stuck in your teeth. They're delicious. It's just they're, 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 they're uh, a lot of work to eat. Uh, grapes, I think that's, that's too tall on grapes for me, but I get it. And then, right, after all those fruit takes, he just goes, fun fact, when I get sick, I eat high vibration foods such as fruit and drink a lot of water, and I don't take no medicine. The body will heal itself. You don't need medicine to get better. That's just what you're told. Shrug emoji. There are some implications there that I'm unwilling to get into. So we're going to continue with the fun stuff. He then moves on and says mangoes straight. He also pluralized mangoes with an E. Is that the correct pluralization? I think that's right. Is it right? I have not, oh, it, right? Says, it says mangoes or mangoes. Either I, or? Hope, I hope you okay, guys can yeah. hear that I'm putting the E in one of those and taking it out of the other one. So yeah. there we go. Mangoes. Love a mango. Okay. Um, 
red or green apples and he says i'm a green type of guy how do we feel about that one i don't like apples what if i had to choose one i would go i don't like hate apples like i'll eat an apple if you slice it for me and it's in front of me you know with some peanut butter or something uh, i will not go out of my way to eat an apple but i like a red apple more than a green apple no green apple's a little sour but i'll tell you what you give me like a like a flavor sour apple that's like my number one like a jolly rancher or something i so- love a sour apple so you're just so you're basically saying if something is apple flavored or if an apple is cut up in front of me, I'll eat it. But the idea of just picking up an apple and eating it—that's too much for you. <laughs> I have too much up farm to table. You need a little bit more processing. Probably in there. like thirty years. I don't like it. It's too. Yeah, no, it, it's not my favorite. Uh, I, I, I'm not an apple fan. Right. Uh, and then he says, vegetables, question mark, which I guess is his transition. It's also worth noting at this time, none of this is in a thread. These are all separate tweets. Uh, what is going on? He got, he says broccoli goes with every meal. Couldn't, couldn't uh, no, I disagree. I mean, like not every meal, but with most meals, I think I think that's very reasonable. And then uh, here here's here's what we land on. Here's officially uh, the AJ Brown vegetable rankings. He opens broccolini, which is crazy because he said broccoli goes with every meal and then ranks broccolini first and never ranks broccoli. So I don't know what <laughs> transitioned there, but regardless, broccolini spinach cauliflower asparagus brussels sprouts corn green beans greens lettuce i guess cabbage I, yeah it's like a spring mix or a spinach yeah, or a lettuce. okay yeah. right cabbage and then greater than symbols zucchini squash carrots cucumber so i think altogether a fairly solid vegetable rankings carrots and cucumber do not deserve to be in the bottom tier you got to bump those up uh love oh totally agree zucchini and squash being down in the bottom tier that is correct aj brown knows his vegetables when i go create my own salad i'm going spring mix cucumber shredded Mm -hmm. shredded carrots uh hard boiled egg maybe some kind of like you know uh green pepper or something like that i generally those are those are my core vegetables that i'm putting onion do you have any that you always uh, I, i like an onion on like a sandwich or like a veggie burger. On a burger salad, it could other... be overpowering. Yeah. yeah, it takes over kind of, so I don't yeah. like it. He didn't rank uh, onion, yeah. which like, okay. I don't even know how to interrogate that. You got to put onions in everything. Like yeah. for me, like an onion is yeah. a staple. And for fruit, I would say banana is the goat fruit. I mean, it, it fills grapefruit. you up. Uh, you can put it anywhere. Did you say grapefruit or grapefruit? Grapefruit banana. <laughs> okay. Grapefruit <laughs> right. also is a grapefruit. Okay, yes, I go banana. Uh, Obviously, if it's just the taste of the fruit, mango uh, is the best. Maybe I can have my mom cut uh, Indian Mm. grocery store mango for you and for A.J. Brown and for Cliff and whoever else wants to have it. I mean, those are uh, the absolute best. Other fruits, I don't know that I have like that that strong. Are you familiar with my famous and controversial fruit take? You don't like fruit, right? Is that it? No, it's not that I don't like fruit. It always gets misconstrued. You don't eat fruit. Okay, fruit is, is overrated. We'll finish on this. Fruit, fruit, fruit is fruit is gassed. Okay, all the time people are like, "Oh, you need a, a nice healthy snack to fill you up in the afternoon. Try some sliced berries." Like, what are we talking about right now? And I never see, eat see. fruit, and then afterwards I'm like, 
Woo, that was sick. I'm always like, all right, now I want something that actually fills me up and sustains me and gives me energy. Fruit is is equivalent to dessert to me. It's like candy. It's a treat. Like I like, like banana is one of the few exceptions. Like you said, banana like fills you up. That's like a good side. But like whenever people are like, oh, moon, just huh, summer. So excited to slice up some watermelon. I'm like, what? So you can chew your hydration? Come on, eat real food. I think that's a crazy take because I think that's a take of a 25 year old not getting into his 30s yet. Listen, I just touched 30 this year, yo. I'm telling you, fruit is a is a game changer, a <laughs> lifesaver. It will extend your life. It'll make you feel better each and every day. Trust me on this. Trust me. When you get to like 28, 29, you're going to start eating some apples and grapes and oranges and all that and some mangoes and all that. I'm fruit, fully different, willing. Man, I'm telling you. Fully willing. I'll shoot you a text, man. Like five years, you'll be hanging out, watching a Sixers game. And I'll be like, oh, and by the way, you were right about fruit. But at this stage in my life, <laughs> I don't get it. Honestly, I, I don't strongly disagree with your take. For a snack, something yeah. I want to be filling, yeah, like a banana, that'll get it done. If grapes are, you know, if I have some grapes, I like grapes. But yeah, I don't finish eating grapes, and I'm like, I don't need to eat anymore. I'm like, I'm, exactly. I, I enjoyed that, but I'm going to keep eating. Uh, berries, I would say, are overrated. Uh, love a mango, that's another exception. So I think there are exceptions. I like fruit you know, in like a smoothie, in an acai bowl. I'll tell you, here's my most controversial acai thing. bowl. Mm. I don't want to mix fruit with my dessert. I don't want any fruit. If you're giving me some kind of cake or something and you're trying to, you know, you're going and you're, and you're trying to put a fruit. No, those should be separate, separate, but uh, they're not, I won't even say separate, but equal because the dessert's going to be better than the fruit. But I don't want any dessert with fruit on it. I want those to be separate. So this man's never had a cheesecake with fresh raspberries in his shows. Shame. Terrible no, shame. I'll just have the cheesecake. Love the Terrible cheesecake. Shame. Get those raspberries out of my it. face. Okay. All right. Well, glad we were able to cover all that. By the way, listeners, you may not know this. My, I actually lost electricity in the middle of the produce, but, but then we came back on for a take two, and I had to fire off the produce takes. We Listen, couldn't just finish it there. We have that. to end this with the final tweet from AJ Brown, which really brings this whole conversation home, which okay. was... What does he got? The reason why I took everyone down a fruit and vegetables rabbit hole is because everyone needs to relax. We're going to be fine, LOL. Everybody's so anxious about what about to happen, and I make you all think about fruit, lol. Perspective, people. <laughs> perspective, LMAO. So, yeah, that's free agency pod, but also perspective, guys. Everybody be calm. Eagles are going to be great. Let's talk some broccolini. I feel like he was kind of tweeting through the moves and wasn't happy that they were uh, losing guys. But I'll tell you what, just listening to all those, he eats all the vegetables that you're supposed to eat for like a healthy uh, lifestyle. So he does a a very good job uh, with the veggies. Maybe that's why he's such a physical specimen. All right. Ringer Philly fans, remember... A Sixers same game parlay for you is coming later this week. So be on the lookout for that. Sixers play the Cavs, right, Cliff, on Wednesday night? The Sixers got the Cavs Wednesday night. And I believe Friday night is the Hornets in Philly, I think. There you go. I got to check the schedule again. Half game back of the Celtics, baby. It's getting close. It's getting close. Sixers hype is getting there. Feels like it's different. I'm getting that feeling like I got with the Phillies, and it feels a little bit different with this team. I enjoy this team. All right, that'll do it. Thank you to Ben Solak. Thank you to Cliff Augustine. Uh, if you're wondering what just happened right now, I lost my power again, but I can still record. So I can't see Ben and Cliff right now, but I'm signing off anyway. So thanks to them. Uh, we will be back whenever more Eagles news breaks and appreciate you listening to the Ringers Philly special. 
This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.